Hello and welcome again to another episode of Sig Daddy's Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Sig Daddy, and today it's the Elimination Chamber Review. I'll give you some highlights, kind of my analysis on each match, and grades from each match. Two days removed from it now, and this was a polarizing pay-per-view for people, I think. From what I was reading online, people either liked this pay-per-view or just absolutely hated it. You'll find out what my take is on it here in a little bit. But let's get this thing started. Viking Raiders and Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins kick it off in Philadelphia before the pay-per-view gets under officially underway. And this was all right. Uh, Hawkins and Ryder controlled the action late uh, up until... Um, Ivar getting the hot tag, hitting a side slam and a running cross body. He charged Ryder into the corner. Ryder avoids it. Ivar then does his signature sit on Ryder. Big clothesline by Ivar. Eric then sends Ryder's, Ryder up in the air and he rough Ryder's his own partner, Kurt Hawkins. And Eric hits the big knee followed by the Viking experience to finish it. And really this was nothing really special. It was just a way to get to the Viking Raiders on the show along with uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, which it was nice to see them. But really, this is something we could easily see on Raw and really nothing special and really no rhyme or reason for it other than to get the Viking Raiders on the show. I'm going to give it a C grade for this match and then we get it kicked off. This match was added, I think, pretty late. Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak. And this one, folks, it was different from anything else on the card. And that's a very good thing. It was a very good thing. The story of this one coming in was Drew Gulak talking about uh, Daniel Bryan's weaknesses. And it was an opportunity for Drew to put his money where his mouth is and try to exploit those weaknesses. And uh, there was some great stuff in this. It was slower paced, but we build up to a pretty good end portion of it, but uh, Gulak, there was a couple times, a couple of fun little things, Gulak catching Brian with the kicks, it was lots of leg work from Gulak, and Brian at one time goes for a headstand, but Gulak had the head scissors in on the ground, and he did like a mini pile driver, I have never ever seen that, and I thought that was a cool little touch on the match, but a lot of neck work here from Gulak, there was also the suplex falling out of the ring spot where both guys went over and they beat the count and then there was also Brian jumping off top Gulak dropping him with a back suplex and Brian he just continues to sell the neck the whole entire match and there was one part of this match where Gulak hit a German and then another one but the second one Brian Brian landed high and tight on his head it looked scary as freaking heck man it looked scary high and tight, but he's selling the neck and continues to sell the neck. Late, Brian almost gets counted out. Brian starts his comeback and hits a giant clothesline. Gulak hits a fantastic reverse suplex from the top. He transitions into the dragon sleeper from there, and Gulak elbows him to go back into it, and then Brian rolls through, gets the yes lock, and he returns the favor that uh, Gulak gave him earlier with the elbows, and then Brian makes him pass out from the pain 
on the yes lock, and uh, he shows Gulak respect post-match. And really, this was a good match, folks. Very, very good technical match. Nice psychology in it by Gulak. And, and Brian made Gulak look, look really, really good. These guys work pretty well together, both technical masterminds. But I like that they were trying to tell the story that Brian hasn't been the same since the fiend, he faced the Fiend. And, it's, and he got, he's gotten a little more aggressive since then. And uh, Brian selling this was fantastic. And like you said, he made Gulak look like a superstar here. And I like that Brian got the win by being crafty and reversing uh, his uh, finisher, Gulak's finisher, the Gulak. But uh, A-minus grade for me. And fantastic match. Very good. Very, very good match to start out the show. And honestly, I'm just going to spoil it for you now. This is the best match on the show. Best match on the show, in my opinion. Love the technical wrestling of this. A-minus grade for me. Just a little more of a story would have been better heading into this one and not being announced last minute, but I'm totally fine with it. Really good match. A-minus grade for me. After that, we get Kayla with Dolph and Bobby Roode, and they're talking about how they're going to win. They're going to pick up the pieces and become SmackDown Tag Champs. He doesn't need luck, does Ziggler, and says he's saying shout-out to my babe, Mandy Rose, and he's dedicating their upcoming win to her. After that, we get Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo for the U.S. Championship, and really, this is nothing we haven't seen already from these two. There was, at points, they're pulling up the tarp, and... Or do they try to do it again? They keep going back to that same spot. This feud has been going on for forever. But uh, late in the match, Zelina pulls up the mat. Andrade is going for the DDT on the concrete. Humberto reverses it. Humberto then dives over the official, hits a tope con hilo. Carrillo hits a big cross body, but Andrade reverses it into a cover. And then they trade a bunch of covers like we've seen with Angel and uh, Humberto recently. Andrade then cheats and gets a handful of tights to pin Humberto. This was fine, but it's like we said, I've said, it's nothing we haven't seen before, and we've already seen this match a million times already. And we've gotten this, we got the same finish as we got with Angel just a few weeks ago. And honestly, they should keep Humberto away from the title for a while. I said that probably a month or so ago, but I, I don't think they're going to do that. And speculation and rumor or what you have it could be it could be a fatal four-way at mania between Humberto, Rey Mysterio, Andrade and Angel. That should be good, but really they should keep Humberto away from the title for a while. He's lost so many matches, big matches, and it wouldn't make sense for him to go over at mania after he's lost so many dang times in big matches. It's like every single match, big match he's been in, or a singles match. He hardly ever wins any singles matches on Raw. But I think they've ran this feud into the ground pretty much. Not as bad as Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns, but honestly, they've ran it into the ground for me. The same matches week after week after week. It's getting old with me. This gets a C-plus for me. After that, we get an interview with AJ Styles, and it's Gallows and Anderson joining him ringside for the match. 
And then Charlie questions the fairness of this and says, it's pretty much never fair when you're facing AJ Styles. And AJ also jokes about getting disqualified, even though there is no DQs in their upcoming match on this show tonight. Then we get the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber. It's The Miz and John Morrison defending their newly won SmackDown Tag Team Championships against The New Day, Kofi and Big E, Robert Roode, and Dolph Ziggler, Lucha House Party, Lince Dorado, and Grand Metalik, Heavy Machinery, Otis and Tucker, and The Usos. And really the biggest feud heading into this is Ziggler and Otis as they have that love triangle thing going on with Mandy Rose. This match is that Lucha House Party looks very, very good. There was some botched stuff at the beginning, but it was fine once they got it going. And one time, it was nuts that uh, Grand Metalik hit a Hurricane Rana from the top of the pod on Morrison, and it was pretty cool. On that, Miz broke up the pinfall attempt, but I said, that was in my notes, is Lucha House Party looked really good on here, and really good in this match, even though they were hardly featured on television. And the cool part was, at one time, when Heavy Machinery got in there wrecking everybody, Mentally climbs up the cage, and you see him there, and he's on top of the pot, but then, out of frame, he's climbing all the way to the top of the ceiling, and hits a shooting star press from there. And then Otis and Tucker avoid that. They hit a compactor on Metalik, and it gets Lucha House Party eliminated later on. Otis is, finally gets his hands on Ziggler, and Ziggler is on top of his pod at one time. Tucker climbs up unbeknownst to Ziggler, throws Ziggler into uh, Ziggler into into uh, Otis, and then Otis flips on to New Day. Actually, not Otis, but Tucker flips on to New Day from the top of the pod. Otis later on fights off Rude and Ziggler. Rude goes for the DDT and gets backdropped. Otis tries to run into Ziggler through the pod. He ends up running through it, which was a cool sight to see, and through the chamber wall and crashed down to the floor. And I thought that was a pretty innovative spot. And then the doctor's out to check on Otis, Tucker got angry. Tucker's getting angry. He lays in with the right to Ziggler. It's too much. Numbers game is too much for him. Dolph with a super kick and a glorious DDT eliminates heavy machinery. Crowd is not happy. Ziggler and company are taunting them as they leave. But then Kofi hits trouble in paradise on Ziggler when he turns around. Big E, it's the big ending on Rude. Usos then go off the top of the pods with a double splash to eliminate uh, Ziggler and Rude. I liked that they got a bunch of heat after that, did Ziggler and Rude. But then they were too busy taunting that they got caught and got taken out of the match. Then we get Kofi up top. Kofi hits a front suplex off the middle rope. Kofi misses with a cross body. And Miz and Ziggler pin Miz and Morrison steal it and pin him. And then it's down to Miz and Morrison against the Usos. So in this sequence, Miz and Morrison get super kicked by the Usos. Double splash attempts, one hits, and the Miz gets his knees up. Simultaneous pins 
by each of the teams and Miz hits a skull crushing finale transitions into a figure four Jay gets drop kicked by Morrison starship pained by Morrison as uh, Jimmy is sitting in the uh, figure four leg lock Jay breaks it up and almost pins Morrison super kicks to both Morrison and Miz and they almost beat him but then Miz he gets the roll up Morrison over the top to cover him Miz uses ropes to cheat and get the win for Miz and Morrison. Honestly, this match was, I thought, pretty good. But the finish was kind of underwhelming to me. But I thought it was pretty good for a tag team chamber tag team championship elimina- elimination chamber match. I thought Lucha House Party looked good. We got some innovative spots, especially with the Lince, uh, Lince Dorado and... Uh, Otis going through the chamber pod and the chamber. And and the Otis stuff was pretty good because eventually you know we were going to get Ziggler versus Otis at WrestleMania. And it's turning out to be a pretty good feud. And one thing I... One thing... One nitpick I have from this match is I wish they would use the chamber a little bit more as a weapon. And with WWE PG, sometimes I feel like they're handcuffed with the chamber... And I, like, like I said, like I've said, probably said before, maybe, the Chamber is supposed to be one of the most brutal matches in the company. The Chamber does get used a little bit more later, I'll say that. Overall, this match gets a B for me. I thought it was good. Just the finish was underwhelming. After that, we get Charlie versus, with Natalia, I mean. And she gets asked about Beth. She's upset that Randy questions Beth as a mother. Won't think Randy will pull through once Edge gets his hands on him on Monday. And Natty is going to unleash her legacy because she's born to do this. After this, we get AJ Styles with Gallows and Anderson versus Aleister Black in a no DQ match. One nitpicky thing I got to get from this match is why are Gallows and Anderson ringside in a no DQ match and they don't do anything until late in the match? That was one thing I didn't like. And but a lot of leg work in here from AJ Styles. Keeps going back to the leg. And one other nitpicky thing from this was uh, Black at one point hits a knee on Styles. His his legs pretty damaged as he's climbing up top. Black somehow is able to do his signature moonsault, but I don't know why he undersold the knee when he's been it's been worked pretty much the whole entire match. But he hits the running knee, running well hits the moonsault and then the running knee. Like his, even though his leg has been worked psychologically, that yeah, I don't get the psychology in that. Wish he would have sold it a bit more and not like at least if you try to go up for the moonsault, he kind of fails on it. But I'm nitpicking, but yeah, uh, late in the match, Styles runs uh, Black over the announce table. AJ goes for a suplex. Black kicks his leg out, and Styles goes face first onto the announce table. Uh, there's a table set up ringside. Alistair Black hits a Meteora on Styles through the table ringside. Alistair Black back inside the ring gets Styles up for the black mask. Gallows and Anderson get involved. Gallows eats a kick. Anderson eats a knee from Black. Black dares the whole OC to fight him. They gang up on him, beat him down, magic killer from him. Then Styles orders them to get uh, Black up. For the phenomenal forearm, the crowd's going nuts. The gong goes off, lights go off, come back on. It's Undertaker, 
And he gets a hold of Gallows and Anderson's throat. Styles goes up for phenomenal forearm. Taker catches him. Choke slams Styles. Gong goes off. Lights go black. And then lights go back on, turn back on. And Black is in the ring with Styles. Black hits the black mass on AJ. And he gets the one, two, and the three. I thought this was a really good match. And psychology was pretty good other than that one portion where Black didn't sell the leg going for a running knee and a moonsault. But you can guess, you could, the excuse you could use there is it was, adre- it was adrenaline, which is fine with me. But uh, this possibly, well, it probably will set the table for AJ Styles versus Undertaker at Mania. I'm fine with that. They could have kind of not done the super showdown thing where... Undertaker gets involved in Styles' match at the, well, the gauntlet match there. But my question after this match is, where does Aleister Black go? What does he get to do at Mania? Hopefully he's involved in a match, an actual match, and not just the uh, Battle Royal at the beginning. Maybe they do make make it a three-on-two handicap match. But I don't think they're doing that from what I've been hearing on Raw. It's, well, now... That Raw is in the books. We're finding out, we found out that AJ Styles and Undertaker will have a contract signing for their match at WrestleMania next uh, week on Monday, on Monday Night Raw. So we're going to get probably Styles versus Undertaker, which I'm fine with, but Styles is going to have to carry the action because Undertaker, the last couple of WrestleMania matches, he's been kind of slow and kind of, well, he's 54 years old, so you kind of expect that, but. We'll have to see how this, how they book that match at WrestleMania. But if they, if if it were to be a three-on-two handicap match, this could be a great way to elevate Aleister Black and sort of kind of passing the torch in one dark character to another. But really, after this match, I thought it was a pretty solid pay-per-view at that point. Uh, B-plus grade for the match. Fine match, good match from those two, as expected. After that, we get the Raw Tag Team Title match between the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins versus Murphy and Rollins with AOP. They uh, The Street Profits cut a promo before the match to kind of use March Madness references and the Joel Embiid thing since they're in Philly. And they're claiming they're not a one and done and people need to trust the process. I can't stand Joel Embiid, but that's a different sport. Different form of entertainment. We're not talking about that here. We're talking about wrestling on this show. But uh, late in the match, Murphy is asking what to do next because Murphy had a knee strike on Dawkins and a double super kick on Ford for a near fall. And Dawkins reverses a pedigree attempt by Murphy. He gets the blind tag. Rollins eats a huge punch from Dawkins. A tag to Ford. Frog splash Ford. Rollins gets his knees up. He gets a roll up for a near fall. Ford then sidesteps the, the curb stomp. Murphy gets the tag. Buckle bomb kick by... Buckle bomb combo by them. And then a Meteora from Murphy on to Ford. Dawkins makes the save on the cover. Then Rollins dives on Dawkins. He catches him. And Dawkins hits an exploder on the outside. Murphy and Ford then trade strikes in the ring. They're up top. Ford goes for a superplex. Murphy punches him off. Blind tag to Dawkins. They have Murphy for a double superplex. Then a Tower of Doom spot by Rollins. 
Everyone's down. KO walks down to the stairs of the arena with popcorn in hand. And he's sitting on the Spanish announce table eating popcorn. KO then throws popcorn in Rollins' face as uh, Rollins is outside the ring. And then Dawkins blindsides Rollins, hits a huge pounce on him outside the ring. Murphy goes for a suicida, gets caught by Ford and Dawkins, and then power-bombed. Actually, he goes for a tope, su- tope uh, con hilo. And he gets caught by Ford and Dawkins, then power-bombed into the barrier. They get him back in the ring. That spine-buster frog-splash combo on Murphy gets it done for the Street Profits. And uh, following that was KO in the ring eating popcorn, asking Rollins, asking actually his partner Murphy, what's happening? What happened to you? KO stunners him again for the second show in a row, grabs his popcorn, eats it, leaves the ring, dumps it on Murphy for good measure. Overall, this as a match and as an angle, post-match angle, was pretty good. It continues the story of Rollins and Owens. And honestly, I thought this was better than the tag title match on Raw for uh, uh, Ford and Dawkins. But one thing I'll say about this is this the third time they faced each other in little over a week. And we found out on Raw, they did some kind of combination of it again. You can't keep running matches into the ground. Save something for later. But still, I thought this match was pretty good. It continues the setup for Rollins and Owens at WrestleMania. B-plus grade. It'll be interesting to see who the Street Profits possibly face at WrestleMania. But... Pretty good match overall. Pretty good tag match. B-plus grade for me on that one. After that, we get the three-on-one handicap match. Braun versus Braun Strowman defending his Intercontinental Championship against Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. And it's a lot of three-on-one stuff. Strowman's trying to overcome the odds. And late in the match, Cesaro comes in. Strowman's throwing him around. Nakamura gets the tag. He ends up getting smashed. Zayn then attacks him before he can run around the ring. Zayn is running away a lot in this match. Kind of he he'll he'll hit Strowman when he's down, but he'll tag if he he starts getting back up. The uh, Strowman does his run around the thing ring thing. Shinsuke and Cesaro get ran over. Cesaro actually gets sent into the crowd. Sammy then hides under the ring. Strowman then gets stomped. They throw him into the ropes. Keen Shasa into the corner, I mean. Keen Shasa to the neck of Braun for a near fall. Cesaro then goes for the neutralizer. Then Strowman counters. Cesaro hits a reverse shoulder. Well, Cesaro has a reverse shoulder block attempt. Throws him into the ring post again. Yeah, Cesaro reverses a shoulder block attempt by Strowman. Throws him into the ring post again. Kinshasa into the ring post by Nakamura. Zayn comes in now and they hit the double suplex huluva kick triple team move. And that's our finish. Sami Zayn is the new intercontinental champion. And Sami Zayn's po- gloating post-match. And at first I was a little like, why'd they take the title off of Braun so early? But I'm fine with it. Because Sami Zayn is long overdue. He's He is long overdue. 
He hasn't won a singles title since he's been brought up to the main roster. Well, it was the main roster at the time. I still consider it the main roster, but Raw, he gets brought up. He hasn't won a title in five years, four or five years since he's been called up. He finally gets the job done here, and he's been doing such great work on the mic. It it, it was about time for him. It would have been nice to see Braun Strowman get a longer reign with the Intercontinental Championship, but I'm okay with him losing it here. And it's going to be interesting to see. Sami Zayn is going to gloat like there's no tomorrow about winning the IC title and beating Braun Strowman. And I think he'll do great things with the title, but I'm afraid they're going to do this. They're going to have Braun smash him at WrestleMania and squash him. But uh, I was fine with it. Braun couldn't overcome the odds in this match. I get it. But I thought it was a solid match. One-on-one, I think Zayn will probably get destroyed at Mania. Hopefully that's not the case. I hope they do something else. But grade for me on this match is a B-. minus. I was totally fine with it. Then we get the number one contender's elimination chamber match. So the winner of this one faces Becky Lynch at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. It's Asuka versus Sarah Logan versus Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riot versus Shayna Baszler versus Natalia. We get Riot and Natalia to start off the match. And really, the story doesn't start until Shayna enters, really. There's a Tower of Doom powerbomb spot on Logan and Riot and... Riot gets the worst of it. Then Shayna Baszler comes in. Yeah, Sarah Logan came in third. But yeah, there was one that one spot, the Tower of Doom powerbomb on Logan and Riot by Natty. And Shayna Baszler enters, runs Natty into the ring post. She just runs through everybody, wrecks everybody. Gut wrench, face buster, big knee on Logan, Carafuda clutch, Logan taps, bye-bye. Then Baszler hits another one of those gut wrench face busters. Big knee, Carafuda clutch, and on Riot. Bye bye, she's gone too. Baszler then puts Natty through the pod, slams the door on Natty multiple times, gets the Carafuda clutch on Natty. She taps too. And we still haven't had another entrant enter the match. Literally, Shayna Baszler cleans house. Uh, and. During these breaks, Asuka's talking trash to Baszler. He's talking a bunch of garbage. And Shane is just waiting for the next pod to open. That's one little critique I'll have from this match is they took a little too long in getting the next person in. But that's fine. Morgan comes in next. She gets powerbombed into the chamber, the chamber cage, whipped into the cage head first, and then into the pod, which there was a giant thud in there. And it made Baszler look like a total freaking monster. Morgan, she tries to fight back. She looks strong. She eats a clothesline, though. Morgan then eats a knee in the corner. Baszler then taunts Asuka with Morgan. And she's showing Asuka, this is what's going to happen to you next. And Carafuda clutch from the middle rope outside the ring by Asuka's pod by Baszler. She stares Asuka down the whole entire time. And then Liv doesn't tap, but she passes out. That makes Liv look strong and resilient. That's fine. I thought they also should have done a little bit more with the Riot Squad tease in this. uh, The Riot Squad feud. But they covered that on Raw. I'm fine. 
This the whole point of this match was to make Baszler look like a huge threat to Becky's title, and I think they did just that here. Eventually, we get Asuka in, and it's Asuka versus Baszler, the final two in this. Uh, Asuka hits a hip attack on Baszler. She lays into her with kicks. Baszler catches her leg, takes her down, kicks from Baszler. Baszler then goes for the gut wrench face buster. It's countered, and big kick from Asuka. Asuka lock gets countered. Asuka then counters it again, puts it back back into the Asuka lock. She uh, countered the Karafuda clutch. Baszler rolls out of the ring and throws Asuka into the chamber. Asuka tries to keep fighting. Baszler's too much for her. She works the injured left wrist of Asuka, gets the Karafuda clutch in on Asuka. Asuka tries to pin her but gets no count. Baszler then manipulates the wrist once again. Gut wrench face buster, knee to Asuka, Karafuda clutch, and it's academic. Asuka passes out. That's it. Your winner and new number one contender for Becky Lynch's Raw Women's Championship is Shayna Baszler. She will challenge Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And really, people were very divided on this match. The point of this was to get to Baszler and Becky and make Baszler feel like an enormous threat to Becky's title. Becky, she's kind of getting too big for her own head. She's getting very, very cocky. And... It's setting up for Baszler to humble her at Mania. They needed Baszler to look like a complete beast in this match. Fans did not like it. I personally really, really, really liked it. It's exactly what it needed to be. Baszler, she looked like a total badass, total savage, eliminating everybody. It was a different chamber match than what we've ever seen in history of the chamber elimination chamber matches you had one person just absolutely run through everybody and eliminate them and Oscar put up the best fight out of anyone but really Baszler was just too much for her and really that's how you establish Baszler as a monster just running through everybody I know people are fans of their not thinking their person their fan uh not fan but their uh favorites getting buried this was just all a setup for Baszler at Mania. I can't reiterate that enough. I can't repeat it enough. But there was a couple gripes I had in this. It was the Morgan, Riot, and Logan stuff we didn't quite get, but I'm fine with it. It was just, it was very, it's something very, very minor. We got it on Raw anyway. And like I said, this was establishing, establishing Baszler as the person that could unseat Becky. And one other thing I didn't like very much was the downtime between the chamber entrances of Liv Morgan and Natalia. Not Natalia, but Asuka. It took a little too long, and it was a lot of Baszler just standing around. But really, this is what it needed to be. And that's why I'm giving it a minus. It was a different chamber match than we've ever seen. Baszler looked like a savage and a badass. And Baszler, it's going to be Baszler and Becky at Mania. And I'm really looking forward to that. And honestly, I'm not going to mind if it's if that match at WrestleMania is like Brock versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2014. Becky needs to get humbled. 
and then that'll be a great redemption story moving forward. If they do that, I will be very, very happy. But overall, this was a surprisingly good show. I had very, very low expectations coming into this as it didn't have a whole lot of build as we just got off of Super Showdown. But really, there was nothing bad on the show. Some really good matches. Honestly, my favorite match of the night was Daniel Bryan versus uh, Drew Gulak. Baszler comes into a very close second. But really, everything was good on here, pretty much, other than the Humberto Andrade match. It's something we've already seen before, and we've not really broken any new ground on it. But other than that, pretty much every match was enjoyable. But yeah, my favorite matches were Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak, and then the main event, the Women's Elimination Chamber. My overall grade for this show is a B. Solid final pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Coming up here this week will be the weekend review for this week. It'll be Raw, AEW, Dynamite, and for this week it will be Friday Night SmackDown. I might reinsert them since I've gotten done with my basketball broadcasting. Actually, I might just put SmackDown in there permanently. We'll see where we go from there, but normally it's Raw, AEW, Dynamite, and NWA Power. We might throw SmackDown in the mix going forward, but for this week, it's Raw, AEW, Dynamite, and SmackDown. And get ready, folks. I'll have some different content coming up here soon. I'm brainstorming some ideas, throwing some stuff around in my head. It's WrestleMania season. We got to do some special WrestleMania kind of lists. I'm thinking of a list to do for WrestleMania season. Maybe a top five of my favorite matches from WrestleMania. I think we'll do that here sometime in the upcoming and near future. Before I go, though, make sure to follow me on the socials, Facebook and Twitter, at SigDaddyWrestle. And if you haven't already, tell a friend. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to my podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on the iHeartRadio app. But until next time, this is Sig Daddy signing off, thanking you all for listening, and so long, everybody.